Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This is a safe space where mamas can talk openly about their highs and lows of motherhood and to look deeper into who they are as women and their journey into motherhood. We may agree and disagree or cry and laugh, but one thing for sure is we will learn from one another and have a great time. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I have a very special guest, Miss Pamela Hawks of the Unapologetically Me blog, who is a blogger and life coach. Hi, Pamela. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you for coming on. So why don't you go in a little bit before we go into your blogging and becoming a life coach? Why don't you tell me a little bit about your motherhood journey, family life, who you are, your hobbies, things, you know, that you like as as much as you can in a condensed version. And then we'll get into kind of all the stuff that you've transitioned to with the blogging and the life coach. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a mama to three girls, age range 19 years old, soon to be six and soon to be three-year-olds, all very strong, strong females in my life here. I also am married to my best friend, my husband, Brian. And outside of the home, I actually work for a homeless nonprofit here in New Hampshire. I'm actually a member of the senior leadership team there. And have been with them now for 13 years. So I've really had this career in the nonprofit world for some time now, but more recently have really picked up this whole blogging and just this year launched a life coaching program. So I have a little variety of things I got going on right now. So when you say just this year, do you mean 2020 or literally 2021? 2021, I kicked off the life coach program. Wow. Okay. So before we get into, because I had seen a blog post, I know we follow each other on Instagram and I had seen a blog or not a blog post, an Instagram post where you listed, you know, your self-discovery and kind of how you transitioned into that. I had seen a little bit of your story, how you did mention you're a mom to a 19 year old, a six year old and soon to be three year old, which to me is mind boggling because I have my little one who's only three and he is a handful in itself. So I always bow down to OG moms that I call them the moms that have, you know, been moms for a while now. And if you have more than one, like kudos to you, you deserve all the flowers and and everything. But why don't we talk a little bit about that? Because this is a a mother podcast. And Mm -hmm. why don't you tell me a little bit of the differences of parenting young? Cause Mm -hmm. obviously if if you have a 19 year old, you kind of had her younger than what you are now, right? Yeah. And I know you mentioned you were a single mom. So tell me a little bit of what that has been like for you. And then the difference of parenting in early 2000. And now we're in 2021. What has that been like? Yeah. So I would say having my daughter, I mean, I I got pregnant when I was 18, had her when I was 19. It was really scary. I mean, I feel like when you're 18 years old, you're just getting out of the house. You're trying to figure out like what the heck is going on in the world. You know, you have no idea who you are, what you want to be. And I quickly, after having my daughter, I would say my role, my identity became, became a mom. That's who I really, I really became. She and I, like our journey together, that 
that became my identity, I would say for a very long time. And her father and I tried our best, but we made it to about, I think she, she was almost two and just realized, I mean, we were just, we were just so young and, and we did an amazing job co-parenting, but I became a single mom. I think I was at the age of 21 and it was quite the journey. I mean, I feel like I was given obstacles that were just so hard, you know, having to work multiple jobs to make sure that I could provide for her and ask for a lot of help. I was very fortunate to be surrounded with family and friends that really helped me raise her really kind of became like my family of creation, I would say of just lifting us all up um, and making sure that we were good. But a couple of years into being a single mom, I actually almost was evicted from my apartment just due to just bills piling up, expenses piling up. At that time, I felt like how I was supposed to sustain life was on credit cards. And so I had the Walmart credit card so I could get the diapers and I had the old Navy credit card so I could get her clothes. And I always felt like I wasn't, I had this like limiting belief, like I wasn't enough. And so I wanted to give her everything that she wanted. And so that ultimately got me in trouble. So our journey was definitely a challenging one, but one that I think like she and I have a bond, like no other for sure for like, kind of, I would say like we grew up together. And I mean, think about it. Like, I know, I mean, you, you lived it. So you you were talking 19 years ago and you're like, you've made it through and there's so much, and now you're here. But I find it so fascinating because I'm like, you know, look at what you, I I imagine myself being 18, 19 years old. And actually I married young. I didn't have children with my first husband, but I I did marry young. I was 20. And I know everything we went through in that without children. And like you said, you don't know yourself. You're trying to figure out, no one tells you financially how to do it. You know, you're trying to literally figure out your life at that age. So to do it with a child, again, I can only imagine that level. And then the maturity that you had to kind of immediately kind of switch and to understand that you needed to do that at such a young age is like, so I think powerful and poignant, which I know it's probably going to go into why you're saying your self-discovery and how 19 years later, you're kind of like, okay, who am I now? I've been a mom for this so long period. Now what? So what is that 13 year difference between your 19 year old and your six year old? Yeah. 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 So she was 13. Yeah. Yeah. What was that like then when then your second one came along? Because obviously now you've been in the game for a little bit. You kind of know, although you're still learning, you know, what was that like? And I'm sure, I mean, I know with me and my three-year-old, my sister has a soon to be two-year-old and things change within, there's so many things. So like, what was that like to then, then become a parent 13 years later? Yeah. So that's such a good question. I was thinking about this this morning, the biggest difference. I mean, like there's like your differences, like with my oldest, I could have a bumper pad on, you know, around the crib at that time. And you could have a quilt and now it's like nothing's in there. Right. Like, so just like those types of like, right. Changes, but the biggest culprit I'm going to say in parenting is probably technology. And though I love Pinterest, Pinterest is also challenging. Right. And like, you didn't have Pinterest back then. Like she, her birthday is around Halloween and I always had a Halloween themed birthday, right? Like that was like really fun. Now there's like this expectation for these like grand parties, gender reveals, like all these things that I never did 
for my oldest. So it's like really interesting to see, like, she would be like, did you have a gender reveal for me? And I'm like, no, <laughs> there was no such thing as that back but then. Do you have any guilt with that? Cause like, do you, cause I have a, a, one of my close friends who follows and she's like, I'm living vicariously through you. She has older kids as well. And she's like, I kind of wish I would have had some of these social sites to post pictures. She's like, but another part of me feels like it would have been so overwhelming. So, so overwhelming. Yeah. (laughs) It's interesting for my middle child. I'll say like, I went in strong for all of that. I did all of the things and I found how quickly I burnt myself out with like this expectation, right. To do it, do it right. Do it perfectly, do it better than the, like, it was horrible. And then for my third daughter, this poor child, I'm just like, here's a cake and we got you some balloons and like, you're good. And because I'm just like, it doesn't actually like things like that don't matter because I was just stressing myself out. So how did your, how did your youngest daughter feel about that? Like, how does she feel that, you know, does, does she care? She's like, okay, cool. Like, you know, it is what it is. Well, she's only three. So she, what does she even know? Yeah, I don't think, yeah, she really doesn't know, right? And yeah. so I feel like I've kind of put myself in check where even like my middle daughter lately, we have birthday parties because they're both summer babies are like at the local playground. We ask our class to like come if you can, hang out, we make some cupcakes. You know what I mean? And they're like, they're fine. Like she's fine. So we kind of like have set a standard now. They're like, this is just what we're going to do. And we're not going to go like as hard. And I give so much credit to the mamas who do do that. It's just, I'm a perfect. And so it was causing a lot of anxiety in my world. <laughs> yes. No, I say that with, with quarantine, when quarantine first happened. I'm like, I'm not a Pinterest mom. Like I'm just not. And I wish, and I, I had downloaded Pinterest and it's so funny you said that. Cause that was like the thing to do. And I, went into it when I first got pregnant I was like god this is overwhelming and for the people that love it that's awesome and then quarantine came and I felt like I had to keep him like on this level and we're gonna do these things and I was like I I can't so I was like you know I'm gonna go to school and figure out he'll learn with me and we're gonna just keep it simple and I'll talk to him and we can count you know how many pieces of apples we have and just like make it like a home learning experience but I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, right? Like we put like this unrealistic expectation on ourselves because though I love social media, um, I think it's a great tool, especially during this time to like stay connected. It can also be the thing that ultimately stops us in doing things because we're constantly comparing ourselves, like our parenting, our lives, our homes to what we're seeing in what other people are presenting to us. And it can make us feel yucky about ourselves. How do you feel about social media now with your, with your children? You know, I your 19 year old has, I mean, she's a grown woman now, so she's doing her thing, but how do you feel or what was, cause she actually grew up in that social media era. So did she have any issues with, I know you hear with children, maybe having low self-esteem or her comparing herself, like talk to me a little bit about that. Did you see that? Where's your stance on kids with social media? Yeah, no, uh, my husband and I were actually just talking about this this morning, which is funny. It was hard because there was no playbook, right? Like there was no direction on what we should or shouldn't do. There was no studies. So we definitely like supported her doing some of the social media stuff, getting the cell phone. We don't have a house phone. And so we definitely felt like she needed a phone for when she started getting off the bus, things to that nature. But seeing like, I don't want to say that she was 
truly impacted. I think that we talked a lot. We communicated a lot around like the phone technology and stuff. She is very artistic and we really tried to continue that for her to like put down the phone sometime. Like she was doing like, she just chalk art, like just like continue to be creative. But hearing from her how it was impacting, you know, her friends was, it was scary. But because we have such a close relationship and was able to communicate about that, it allowed us to continue the conversations to be like, you know, we need to be careful here. Or I remember like being that age and like someone's mad at you. It's like the end of the world, right? And so now times 500 followers or what have you. So it definitely allowed for us to think about what that's going to look like for the little girls. Because now I feel like we have like a case study, real life case study. And so I don't think that we'll have the girls, the little girls on media very fast by any means, but they'll probably have to have a phone again. Still no house phone. So like, you know, for, for safety, but it will definitely look different for them. And not because she, my oldest did something wrong, but just again, just kind of now seeing like what the actual impact is. Yeah. Like you said, you have the case study, but your oldest is still different than your younger too. So how she was maybe to over yeah. things. And I think that's what's so scary. I mean, I'm, I know my mom always said that about me and my sister. She's like, oh, you can parent the same, you know, in the same household and you two will be completely different. So yes. it's like, you know, you have this, but it's like maybe your middle one, you know, you don't know, but I think the key is there is communication. And, you know, Mm -hmm. my husband and I say that all the time with our little one, I'm like, look, he has to understand that we're going to have as, you know, we don't want you to do this because these are the unfortunate dangers out there. This is what could happen. Because I feel like if you shelter, then I think it adds a little bit more because they're going to discover anyway, they're not with us. They're not with us 24 seven. We don't have the control. Right. So we have to be a little bit more open-minded, I think. Yep, absolutely. Do you think you would have changed or done anything differently? Now, I, I feel like, again, we're in a time where there's so much references, there reference and, and resources available to us that sometimes it can get a little overwhelming. But I was very thankful for Google when my son was first born and my village. And that's good that you had that because I know so many mothers who yeah. did it. But do you think you would have done anything differently? Do you think it all played out the way it was supposed to? I definitely like I have you know, no regrets, nothing like that. I always feel like everything in life shows up with like a lesson. So I feel like taking how I mothered, you know, my oldest and just trying to tweak things, do things is always like, that's always something that sits on my heart. I always say that the number one thing though, and I, and I wonder if part of it was because I was, you know, a single parent for a long time, but I was trying so hard to survive or to get to the next thing so often that I feel like, like she just, this year she moved out and I was just like, wait, weren't you like, you know, in kindergarten, like a second ago. And so I think that's a unique perspective for me to see her up and out and like starting her own journey, which is like the most beautiful thing to watch. And then have these two little girls sitting here and being like, holy smokes, like this is going to be you really soon. Like, like that you're going to be like, I'm going to watch your taillights as you pull out of this driveway. Right. And so I, I feel like, and you had made a comment, like just to be, I just want to be in like, when I'm home, be home. And when I'm at work, be at work. But when I'm home and with them, I want to just experience them because in no time, they're not going to want to cuddle anymore. They're not going to want to hang out. Right. And they're going to be up and out. So I think that's a unique perspective for me because I have this opportunity to see like both sides of it. 
For sure. And like you said, I mean, you were trying to survive, which is such a, a, a key word, I'm sure, because like I said, I know it, it seems so long ago and you, you made it, you're here and all, you know, seems for all intents purposes that, you know, it's good, but you're like, wow, how fast that was because you were like, we got to do this. We got to do this and missing, yeah. not missing, but I know what it is. I look back at pictures of my little one. And like I said, he's only three and I'm like, oh my God, like I don't so even fast. remember the first year because I was always think same thing and very high strung and very anxiety driven with a lot of things. So that's a key point. So all the listeners out there, you know, just kind of embrace the moments with your little ones as much as you can, as overwhelming as it can be. Cause like I said, yeah, my little guy and he's like, mommy, 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 mommy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need like yeah. seconds. But then I'm like, he's not going to be that way forever. So it's, it's a battle. It's a struggle. It is. Yeah. And I think especially right now, right, where a lot of people are finding that they're maybe spending a lot more time with their children. It's like you we're taking it for granted, right? We're like, oh, but they're here 24 seven, seven days a week, you know? So I think it's easy to be like, just, it just needs like a minute. I love you. And I just need a minute. Yes. I just need <laughs> not to hear mom like 20 million times. <laughs> So how did you get to, so I love this self-discovery. So now you are older, you know, how did you get to this self-discovery part of your life? What does that entail? What has that journey been like? And yeah, talk to me about that. Yeah. So interesting. So, so yeah, so I, you know, fast forward, I have my middle child and my oldest was turning 13. And then a couple of years later, we added my third daughter and it was in that year. She was born in 2018. And it was funny because obviously my oldest was a single child for 13 years. And then since she was 13, she was very self-sufficient. I mean, she needed me, but she was self-sufficient. Right. And so adding my middle child was kind of like having an only child again, because like, I only had to really like take care of her in the way of like, she needed me to survive. Right. And so I was like, Oh, I've got, I've got this multiple children thing. I am like golden. I'm like the bomb. Look at me. So I convinced my husband, I was like, she needs someone like all of um, our nieces are of my oldest daughter's age. And so I was like, she's my middle child. She's going to be all by herself. We gotta, she's got to have a friend. So I convinced him that a third child is the way to go. And then I didn't realize what having two children so close in age actually means, which is very different. I literally remember the first time I went to the grocery store. At the time, I think she was just turning three and I have the car seat and I was like, where do I actually put the car seat to get into the carriage? And like, so I had to put my middle child, like in the actual seat, I had to put the car seat in the big section. And I was like, where do I put the actual groceries? Well, I would have had, like, had a breakdown. I would have been like, I can't. Nope. I was crying, crying. Like I can't figure this out. And so like every experience like that kept showing up and I was like, I suck. I can't, I actually can't figure this out. Like I, I'm not the mom that I thought I was. And so that was like the summer of 18. And I remember sitting by my Christmas tree at the end of the year. And I just had a breakdown and was like, I can't do this. I don't even know. Like, I just constantly feel like I can't show up. I was just told that I was going to be receiving a pretty big promotion at my work to be a member of senior leadership. So now my career was like really at this next level. I had these three girls who like my oldest is going through things like in high school, we like we're getting into high school now. That's like a whole other thing. I can't figure out how to mom on these two kids at the same time. And I just had like an emotional breakdown. And it was in that moment that I was like, I can't, 
keep going this way. So what did so, you do? Yeah, I, I made a pact to myself that outside of all of these things, like, you know, so here I am feeling like I can't show up as a mama. I'm struggling as a wife. I get nowhere near a good friend or a sister or a daughter. Like, and now I'm about to lead this team of people at work. And like, will I be able to show up there? And I just was like, I felt like I had to bring it back to the basics of like, who am I? Like I had to like rebuild the foundation of like who I was before I was going to be able to show up in any of those roles. And so I made a pact in that moment. I seriously remember sitting by the tree, just being like, enough is enough. I can't keep doing this. And so I rolled into 2019 with this mindset of like, I needed to find who, like, who I was, like, who is Pam outside, like, peel back all those roles. And, and so I didn't know it at that time, but I really was starting this personal development journey. I started reading some books about, like, mamas who work and this whole mindset of work-life balance and, like, just, like, started to, like, listen to some more podcasts and figure out, like, what I had to do. But I was finding that I was like depleted every day because I was so sucked dry, but by all the roles of everyone else that I couldn't, I could no longer run on empty. And so, but I didn't know like what that meant. Like, what did I actually like to do? Like, I didn't know anymore. And so I started just trying, like figuring things out. This is a hilarious story, but my husband and my brother-in-law at the start of 2019, they were like, I'm gonna, you know, they wanted to do this competition where they ride their bikes and they were going to do a certain amount of miles in 2019, like out on the roads. And I was like, I can do that. I got this. And so we bought a stationary bike and I, it was 2019 miles for 2019 Uh and, and I did it. And it wasn't because I wanted to lose weight or anything, but I found that moving my body and like having that dedicated time to myself was like so beneficial for me mentally. And like my, probably was, mind blowing, like this is it. This is what this, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Just that time to myself and, and to have this number like 2019 miles and like break it down and be like, okay, if I do X amount every week and every month and like, I'm going to get there and like, just don't break this promise to yourself. And so I found that that was helping my mental health. I got involved in therapy. I like signed right up for therapy and started to like dig in and unpack some of the stuff that I had, like those limiting beliefs that I had started to tell myself. And then I also started to like, just kind of test out things that I like to do. Like my heart is so happy by the water. And so I invested in a paddleboard for myself. I found, I'm so lucky to live by the ocean. And i found like yoga on the beach a couple of nights, like during the summer, I started to do like just finding things for me where no one else needed me. I could just like be me and like fill myself back up. So now look how interesting that sounds because I'm like, when you were telling me, it's, it's funny, you're sitting there saying, I can't be the wife, I can't be the sister. And in my mind, I'm like, not once did you mention, I can't be for Pamela, but then you, you went into saying, but I didn't know what Pamela wanted. So how could I give anything to me? Yeah. You know, cause I was ready to, I was like seeing where that was going. Cause I'm like, look at that. You haven't mentioned yourself once. Then yeah. you got into saying, wait a minute, who am I? And it's interesting how you had to kind of push, not push away from what you were doing for everybody else, but really truly find what you needed to find to then energize and re-energize yourself to then be able to give yourself to these people in your life that 
are dependent on you, meaning your little girls and continuing the relationship with your husband. And, and again, you know, these important relationships. So what, what was that transition like with your family and your friends and your kids? How did that change? When did you start seeing the difference where you were like, okay, because I'm sure it's still a balance, right? I'm sure it's still yeah. a, a work in progress and probably will always be. But how did that change? Once you started getting these things that were making you happy again and, and fulfilling you, how did that change all of those other relationships? Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great question. I remember it was October of 18 and my husband and I went away. Portland, Maine is a special place to us. And so we went away and we were sitting having dinner and he just like looked at me and had this look and I was like, what? And he was like, you've changed. And I was like, well, like for the good, for the bad, like what are we talking about here? And he was like, no, you've changed. And it's like, I've never seen you so strong and confident before. And that meant the world to me because I had lived my life being a people pleaser to the ninth degree. Like you need this. Like I'm going to show up for you. I'm going to forget about any of my needs. Like how can I serve you? Right. How can I make you feel comfortable? How can I make you feel good in your life and a hundred percent neglecting myself? And I thought that that was love. So here he is telling me you've changed for the good. And then I had a lot of people saying you've changed and not for the good, because I was starting to say yes to me and no to them. Mm -hmm. And that was hard. That was hard for me. And that was hard for them. I took back control of like, this sounds like a silly thing, but like, I took back control of my calendar. Like I put myself on my calendar as if it was a doctor's appointment for one of my children that I wasn't going to break, right? All those workouts, those yogas, like those times for me were on my calendar. And if it wasn't a heck yes, if I was asked to do something and it wasn't like a, yeah, like I really want to do that, then it was a no. And that hurt people. I was called selfish quite a bit. Self-absorbed was a term used a lot to describe me. Yeah. And that was hard to hear because then you start to think like, Oh, am I not doing this right? And then I realized like, I'm now the thing is I actually am. I'm doing this right. And change can be hard for everyone involved. And when my husband validated that I had changed, but for the good, then that's when I felt like I had had success. A hundred percent. I mean, that's your partner. So, I mean, if, if yeah. anything, you know, and not to say, cause he could have also been one of the ones that been mm-hmm. like, went, it could have went left to where he, Oh my God, why very much. So, yeah, that, you know, I kind of got the chills. That's awesome. Because all the women I've had on here, they've all had tremendous partners. And, you yeah. know, I, I always try and give a shout out because, you know, it is something when you do find a, a really good partner and someone that can support you and, and all of those things. So that's amazing that he recognized that. And that gave you even more to be like, okay, well, if he's seeing this, then he's like, yeah, you know, you're, you, that's good. That's, that's awesome. You know, I feel like when women are encouraged in that way, when women are uplifted, when women are supported, I mean, I, I've seen it. I, all the women that I follow on my Instagram, even I say women like yourself, cause I'm like, I don't know you, but we root each other on if we like each other's things. I'm like, yes, you know, whatever. And I think it's such an amazing thing. And when I see those posts or when I feel that it uplifts me, you know, mm-hmm. and like I said, when women are uplifted in that way, it's, it's amazing what we're able to accomplish, you know? Yeah. So how did your, how did that level leave you? And then 
went to motherhood, like maybe your oldest daughter was like, okay, because I'm sure she had more to say than maybe your middle one to yeah. not really recognize, but was your oldest daughter like, okay, mom, like you're not as maybe like whatever you are. I know for me, I probably would have been snappy. I would have been just not very nice. Yeah. So recognize that. Did she say like, okay, I like this. Yeah, no, I definitely think so. Cause I think like what it allowed me to do was to say to her or like when she was in moments of where I felt like, like, what do you want to do? Like, and that goes for like, if I'm asking you to do something, I'm asking you to come to Storyland so that we can bring, you know, the little girls. I'm like, if you don't want to go, you do you. Like oh, you say no, right? Like, yeah. Like, and so it really allowed for me to be like, you need to live your life for you because I think she was like, there's a lot of great things about myself that I am so happy that she mirrors. And then there are some things like the people pleaser that, you know, I see a trait of hers. So it just, yeah, it allowed for us to like work through it, hopefully faster than getting to 30, you know, something years old and being more aware of it now. And now these little girls, I mean, I pump them up all the time. I'm really careful about my choice of words. You know, like we talk all the time, like you need to have a kind heart. We don't talk about weight or body image or anything to that nature. We talk about, you know, being strong, being confident, like just all of those things have really allowed the narrative my house to raise. I'm hopeful for just really strong, independent women who just show up for them and others, you know, like you can show up for others, but not by losing yourself. Yes. Oh God. I love that because I think that's so poignant and you saying and not waiting 30 something years when you're yeah. trying to figure it out and giving them that model to show. And I think that's so key with your oldest. Cause I do think older children do fall into that. And I know that cause I'm an older child where then the parent kind of not relies. And I can imagine. So if I had, if, if we have another child and my son is old, I'm going to be like, Jace, you need to help and X, Y, Z. And I think it's something we do automatic mm-hmm. or for you to recognize that for her. Maybe she, and maybe she, it was unconscious of, of that kind of happening, but like, you were like, okay, you don't want to come with us. Cool. Then do what you want to do. And maybe she was like, okay, so what do I want it? Like, okay. So that's, amazing that you've kind of instilled that in her because yeah, so that she's not trying to figure it out in maybe unhealthy ways that a lot of us tend to do, whether it's finding it maybe in a partner that we might should not have been with because they're making us feel good about ourselves or whatever it is. So I think that's amazing that you were able to do that and figure that out. So tell me before we get into the blog and before we get into Mm -hmm. life coach, because we're going to get into that, but I do want to ask, and what happened with quarantine when quarantine mm. hit? Because now you're in this self-discovery 2019. You're like, I got this. You're doing your thing. And then boom, the world stops. Oh my God. It was so challenging. It was challenging for a couple of reasons. A, to have a teenager inside of quarantine with you, which any parent that had a teenager who now, you know, <laughs> is probably like, yes, I know. <laughs> in like house arrest, it feels like. Right. And like, just continuing to remind, like, we didn't, we didn't actually do this. Like we didn't cause this. Also she was experiencing her senior year of high school. And so she lost that. So there was a lot of grieving. So there was a lot just wrapped in that, like just trying to support her. And again, no roadmap, no, like what, like, we don't even, we don't even understand. Right. Like, so how do we even expect her to, to, I mean, our lives pivoted from 
I always thought I wanted to be like a work from home. Like I just thought like that sounds great. And then it happened <laughs> and it was, it was a couple of months. Where I was like, all right, like this is cool. And like, but it, it blended a lot of lines for us. Like, when are we working? When is this actual personal life? When is self care time? When is t- like time alone? Is there ever who's t- like, it was just a lot. And so it definitely made it challenging. And my daughter entered into kindergarten. So we've been doing like a zoom kindergarten, you know, for, for a portion of time, but I have to give credit to my husband who stepped up and he's the one doing it. He like, we really figured out that like he could be home and he could do it and I could get back in person to the office. And, but it has, yeah, coming from like, a year of, I do this thing every year. I have a word. I don't know if you do this. Do you like claim a word for the year? Okay. I started so, doing that this year. Cause I, I saw, uh, and I was like, Oh, I love that idea. Yes. Yes. So in 2019, I started that 2019's word, which was like, was strong. I just like saw like mentally, physically strong. And like, boy, did I do it at the end of the year? I was just like, is that the perfect word? So I rolled into 2020 not predicting right what was about to happen and I was like unstoppable I'm unstoppable and so I kept that mindset of unstoppable throughout 2020 throughout COVID like all of that and when I got to the end of the year I was like oh yeah I was unstoppable like for sure like I somehow right like we're all on this like it's just constantly we're just constantly like trying to figure it out like are we at the top yet are we gonna start to come down and so I feel like in 2020 I had this I like I just had to push 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 go harder 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 show up for my family like show up for myself I knew all these things I had to do and when 2021 hit January February like again I feel like I am I crashed because I didn't I never stopped like I was gonna ask, did you just, feel like yeah. you reverted back to maybe some of those old habits that you were trying yeah. to get rid of in 2019, right? Because now you're like, but you survive. Dedicate again to because you're like, I'm home. I don't have my outlets anymore. You yeah. know, you get into mommy mode because your your teenage daughter now needs you more. So you're putting yourself to the side because yeah. you're like, I, I have to kind of be there now. My my little ones and kids, like, yes. So, yeah. And like, but I knew I was like, I have to keep showing up for myself. Like, so it was like this pressure to like, no, you still like, I actually, I, I started running last year. I was never a runner. And it was like, I live in a great neighborhood and I was like, I'll try running. And so I did that. And I was like, I have to do something. I have to work on something for myself or I'm going to like go bonkers here. And so, so I did try, but it wasn't the way that I had been having outlets before my outlets were still home. So it was just like, you were constantly on. So quarantine with, I mean, we had it. I don't want to act like it was like devastating or anything. I mean, it was hard and everyone's version of what hard, right. looks very different. And obviously working in the fields, like working with the homeless in New Hampshire, like, I have so much gratitude for the things that I have because 40 hours a week, you know, on I'm sure I'm seeing, you know, the other side of it. So I definitely didn't have that bad, but it does not mean that it wasn't hard. Yeah. And I think what I'm learning and what I learned in 2020 coming to 2021, that you can, what, what is, how do they, how do they phrase it? Like you can, you can still be like, just because you're not to the far end of being homeless and God forbid, 
and that is yes like you said that's devastating and you know you're you're thankful that you're not but you could still say it was hard for you like you don't have to say mm. it wasn't this you can still live in your truth and be like you know but this was hard for us and we yeah and be proud that you got through it and then be thankful and gratitude in the same time that you're not there right it's it right all have to be and there was a word that they used and I was like oh it's so true because you know like the guilt there's like almost like having the survivor's guilt or the remorse or whatever they call yeah. it yeah like you could still be thankful and be happy that this but at the same time can say well it's hard you know just yeah. the, the bottom it could still be hard it could still be a challenge you know so now for 2021 so tell me how does that when did you create your blog I know you said yeah. you started your life coaching this year but when did the blog come into play yeah. So I actually started the blog by accident back in 2019. I was, it was in like April of 19. My husband called me out and was like, you're addicted to your phone. You are on social all the time and you are like feeling bad about myself. I was like, look at this person's traveling and this is this. Da, 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 da. And he was like, stop. Like you have to start, you're like driving yourself crazy. So I was like, all right, fine. Like the second you say something to me, I'm like, super, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna. So I took like, I took a social media break for the month of May. I told myself zero social media. And so it was Memorial weekend and, you know, getting ready to get back into like social. And my husband said, like, are you going to jump right back in? You're going to go back to old habits. Like, what does this look like when you log back onto your phone? And I was like, you know, I don't really know. Like, it's actually been nice. I don't think I've ever been so present before in my life than when I had no access to social media. So he said, what did you miss about it? And I said, well, I started reading all these self-help books. And every time I did, I was sharing what I was learning, like personally, just on my own personal, like Facebook page. And there were so many of my friends that were reaching out and were like, yes, me too. Like, right. And so he was like, did you ever think of writing a blog? I'm like, you're, you're nuts. Why would I write a blog? And he was like, I just, I don't know. Like, if that's the thing that like you missed, like, why not like start it? And I was like, well, I've always been told I'm not a strong writer. Um, like that has actually been something that's like triggering for me. If I have to write at work, I get really anxious about it. I've always been told I'm not a strong writer. So I was like, you're crazy. But then over Memorial <laughs> weekend, <laughs> I started looking at it been like, how do you actually start a blog? Like, what does that even look like? And my blog was up and running by August. And really in my heart, I was like, okay, so I'm doing this work and I'll write about it. Like it's a journal entry. And like my mom and my stepmom would probably be the only ones that read it. And like, that's fine, but I'll put it out there. And so I put it out there in August of 19 and it just like, I mean, so many people started connecting with it and writing to me and just saying like, me too. Like, I feel like I can't, I've lost myself. I feel like, you know, we never talk about the financial side and like how much debt I'm in and the anxiety that this causes. I mean, I opened up, I mean, the blog's name is called Unapologetically Me. And it just felt so like, this is me. If I drive you crazy, then don't follow me. But like, this just like, this is who I am. And I will tell you when it's awesome. And I will tell you when it's hard. And I will tell you when I am struggling. And I will tell you when I think that I'm like rocking it. And I'll tell you everything in between that, you know, but that is really that's when like the blog started. So this August will be two years that it's been. Yeah, up and up and going. 
That's awesome. And how therapeutic has that was that for you? And how did it feel? Because I have a thing of like sharing too much. And my husband's Mm -hmm. a very private person. And I mean, he supports me and gives whatever, but we try and be mindful of certain things. But I do, I am a sharer. Like, I mean, I'm on a podcast and I I have no problem speaking, you know, obviously all within reason of like the good, bad, the bad and the ugly. But yeah, like how has that been sharing that and being vulnerable in that state? Yeah. I mean, it feels super scary. I remember when I clicked, like I went live with the blog and I had like from May until August, I put so much time into like writing some blog posts and like building out literally the website and everything. I hit publish, closed the computer and I took a three hour nap. I felt so drained that I was like, but I also didn't know, like when I opened that back up, like what, you know, yeah, what's going to happen. I'm very open I talk a lot about it with my family. If it involves a family member, like my husband or my, I wrote about my journey with my oldest. I let them see it first. I always ask permission and say, you know, this is what I'm about to put out there. If you don't want me to, I absolutely won't. Cause no matter what, it's not though. I love sharing it with the world, still writing it still helps heal me. And so if it makes someone feel uncomfortable in my family, because it's about them, um, they ask me not to, I will not, but I still had the opportunity to heal from it, to write about it. Right. You know what I mean? And then to share it with them and be like, this is how this is showing up for me. To be honest, I don't think anyone has ever told me no. I think that I've always at least written it from a place of respect, but again, vulnerability. And I think the more and more I do it and the more that people respond to me and say, you don't understand how much that just meant to me that you shared that it makes me want to do it more because I don't care how many likes I get on a post. I don't care how many followers I get. If my words can make one person not feel alone, that's all like, that's it. Because I think so many times in life, especially around like this journey around motherhood, we can feel so alone because we think like, am I supposed to feel this way? Like I'm frustrated, whatever. Right. And if we don't talk about it, then people just feel like, oh, it must just be me. No, 100%. I'm, I'm so ang- I'm not anxious, but I'm so excited to see the steps that we're doing, right? I have a podcast to have women come on and share their platform. You have, you know, the bloggers of the world. And I, I also have a website, but I was realizing the draining aspect of writing because when I write, I write and I was like, oh, like it, it does, it takes a lot. So I, I get that, you know, I can see why you were like, I'm done, you know, and all of that, what that does for the future generations, because there's so many resources and hearing, yeah. stuff, I'm, I'm interested to see how that, how that changes the world in a bit, you know, because there are so many people sharing their truth and their journeys and making women feel seen and feel heard because they're like, oh, wow. Yes. I remember that I felt that exact same way. So thank you. You know? So, yeah, so that's awesome. But I can imagine that it's also open up conversations for your family when maybe you post a blog and they're like, oh, I didn't know you felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say, and I don't think she'd be mad at me for saying this, but like it has helped my relationship with my mother because we have, I mean, it has allowed me to heal from different things from my childhood or how I showed up as a mom of, you know, the first round and now, and it's allowed for some pretty great conversations, you know, hard, definitely. I think it's been, and she said it, like, it's been hard to like hear some of them, but she gets it. And I don't hold for any of my stories. I feel like the second I hit publish on them, it's me releasing it. It's me saying like, I'm letting this go 
this was no longer like this wasn't serving me. And now it's out there for me to just be like, done. Like that part is done. Um, some things are still works in progress for sure. But yeah, it's really helped me kind of like put the past in the past and not forget about it, not regret it, anything, my debt journey, like any of that stuff, but to, to honor it and be like, because of all of those things, I get to stand right here as I am yeah. today. And if those things didn't happen, like I wouldn't be the person I am. And I'm pretty dang proud of her. I love it. So two things, one, what's your 2021 word? And then tell me life, the whole life coach idea, what, what that entails. And then we'll kind of get into my, my quick get to know that I like to do. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So 2021 came to me one night, I was reading a book. Now I'm going to forget what the book was, but ultimately it's freedom and it shows up in a couple of different ways. I am still on my journey to um, financial freedom. And, but that should wrap up this year. I should be able to say that I will be debt-free at the end of this year. So like, that's huge freedom from caring too much about other people's opinions and letting it really, like, I, I still like suffer from that freedom from anxiety. I am a person that for a period of time suffered from anxiety. I think I will always experience anxiety. I'm kind of built that way, I guess, but I just want freedom from it controlling my life, freedom of guilt and drama. And just, there's just so much that I just want to like, let go of. I just like want to take this year to let go of all of those pieces and just feel not like happy, like everything's perfect. Like that's not what I'm saying, but I want to feel, I just want to feel free. I just want to feel like I can show up as myself, like whatever version that is today, you know? So really freedom to me, like, and I even had this little bracelet made so that I'm like, just constantly (laughs) reminding myself, like, just let it all go. Let it all go. Let's work through it. Like let's, let's move on. I love freedom. Cause I think so many times we are in this, like, whatever we do as women, we're such big critics of ourselves on so many different levels, but I love it. I love freedom. Mine was abundance this year oh, just abundance of just happiness and, and allowing all, you know, that is abundantly out there, especially because now I don't, I don't have a job. I recently parted ways with an employer and realizing that the next time I did look for, did work for a company, if that's what my next phase is supposed to be, that I was going to be unapologetically in saying, look, this is what I expect from the employers that I work for. This is who I am as an employee or as a senior level, because I've also worked in senior level positions, but I wasn't going to compromise on certain things. I'm like, we just got out of a pandemic people, you know, and I felt like companies still, and especially in South Florida, like they're not very like as family oriented and work like balance, even though they say, but it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And mm. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like if I'm going to leave my home to go out to work still in the middle of a pandemic, it better bring me something that's joy and not just a paycheck. Yeah. Um, so like abundance in like me trying to do my little side things that I have, but I love freedom. I, I think that's such a, such a huge word and encompasses so many things of just being free to just just be yourself and, and all yeah. of that. So tell me the life coach, how did that start? Yeah. What did that entail? I know. So again, like, just talk about like everything. I feel like I, 
it's like, it happens by accident, but I think it's on purpose, you know? So at the end of 2019, I follow Rachel Hollis and the Hollis company, and they do this program called the last 90 days. And so the thought is that the last 90 days of the year, you show up, you try to like, do like your, you know, like we all kick off the year Mm -hmm. really strong, healthy, all of those things. Well, what if we ended the year that way? So like, there's this whole like mindset and you like get through the holidays, trying to make better choices, things to that nature. So, so I was following that program and I laughed at my husband. I was like, I'm going to start a little accountability group and I'm going to ask some of my friends to join and we'll all hold each other accountable to do like this thing. And so this little accountability group all of a sudden went everywhere. And I had like 300 women sign up from like all over the U S and I was like, Holy smokes. So for October, November, December, we held each other accountable we pepped each other up. Like when we were like not feeling the workout or doing the thing, whatever, we would just like pep each other and total strangers. Like I probably knew like a handful of people in it, total strangers. Right. And so at the end of the year, I was like, this is really sad. Like we're going (laughs) to end this. Right. And they were like, let's keep it going. And I was like, all right, like, what could this look like? And so I rolled it into 2020 and I, I made like what I call like our our tribe, our unapologetically me tribe. And they rolled into it and then they started asking other people and people that were following my blog started joining it. And ultimately it ended up being that like every month we have a conversation, like we have a topic. And so it's been about finances. It's been about finding ourselves. It's been about self-love, self-care, worthiness, mental health, like whatever, like every month had a theme and I would just build content and it allowed me during 2020 to have something to like really work on. But I was like learning about more about those things. Like as I was like, kind of like in a sense, coaching and teaching about them. And I'm no means an expert in any of these areas, but it was just casual conversations like among women who just ultimately wanted to show up better in their lives. So now this group has like 400 plus people in it, which is just like from all over the world. It's crazy. So last April, when it was just like, things were, you know, everyone was just kind of like, wow, like this thing is lasting longer than two weeks. And I started to see that some women were really like struggling. And so I just kind of put it out there and was like, Hey, would anyone want to do like some one-to-one coaching? Like we can kind of like walk through this journey, like together. And there was seven women that were like, yes, like I'm here for this. So totally free. I just was like, I just want to like, see like what this is like and wrap around you and like whatever. And so from April to the end of the year, I walked along the side, like these seven women and was just like, this is my purpose. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I mean, I still have my full-time job and I love it. And like, I can, I plan to continue to do that. But if I had had someone back in 19 that was like walking alongside me or being like, Hey, this is actually like what you're doing right now, or this is why you're feeling this way. Or I just feel like I would have gone through it a heck of a lot faster. I would have had like a straight like path, but I was able to kind of be that for them in 2020 during a pandemic. And I, I mean, living in New Hampshire, I think it was three of the women were from New Hampshire. The other four were from like other states. So like how cool the technology allowed me to work with these other women. And so at the end of the year, 
I was talking to them and I was just like, I think I want to do this. Like, I think I want this to be like a thing. And so the first couple of months of 2021, I started to really think about like, what could this look like? And, and so I think it was in March, I just kind of went live with it to say, Hey, like, I'm like, I'm really interested in working alongside you and just guiding you. Like we are our own heroes, but sometimes we just need a guide to walk alongside us. And so that's what I want to be. I just want to be, it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, a lot of the women I work with are mamas. And so I have a lot of things that I can really like support and wrap around, but I have people who are not mamas and that's okay because sometimes we don't know who the heck we are because we're so wrapped up in our career. We're so wrapped up in our extended family, like that we still lose ourselves. So that's ultimately it's like just kind of happened by accident, but it has given me the purpose um, and the passion that I feel like I've been looking for, which has been amazing. That's amazing. I love that. And we'll, we'll put in the show notes and how people can follow you, especially towards awesome. the end. I kind of always let people say like their final thoughts so you could put how people can follow you. But I love that it happened so organically and how basically mm-hmm. all through last year, you're helping this woman kind of find their purpose, being like, oh, like a cheerleader for them, like looking yeah. helping them do it. So that's, that's, I love it. I love it. I love it. So good luck with that. So Let's get into my get to know. This is the part where, you know, I kind of like ask some questions that maybe you can kind of give some more perspective to the podcast world. But what's a favorite book of yours or one that you want to recommend to the podcast world that you think, you know, is something that kind of changed you or, you know, motivated you, inspired you? Yeah. So I actually have two. I'm rereading one right now by Brene Brown, The Gifts of Imperfection, which is like, so good. It's a very small read, but it's ultimately set up in like these 10 guideposts. So this this tribe that I have, we're doing like one guidepost a week and then really talking about it because it helps you show up vulnerably like as yourself. So that's one. The second one, they're both self-help books, I guess, but is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Oh my gosh. I've read it three times. I just, and I think it's only been out for a year. It Every time I read it, I learn something new about myself. I swear. It's amazing. And like, as soon as my girls can read it, like I need them to read it. I feel like my oldest could, but those two books have changed my life in a huge way. And those two women in general, Brene Brown and Glennon Doyle, like they are amazing. But yeah, I just read Untamed and I was blown away. I actually got the chills the way she was. Yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal book, but very interest making you like, yeah, like I was looking at myself and I'm like, oh God, what is this? I just love it, love it, love it. Best or worst parenting advice you have received or that you want to maybe give to then say, okay, this was the best. So you want to pass it along or this is like the worst. And you're like, yeah, don't, don't, don't take this. <laughs> you know, I think it goes to like your point that you had said before, like, especially having multiple children, like you, you have to parent them individually. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think people believe like I have this one parenting style and it's going to (laughs) work for everyone. And it like for sure doesn't. And so being open to the idea of like what this child needs is going to look different from this child, from this child. And as long as you raise good, kind humans, like that's, that's the goal at the end of the day. Right. But this pressure that it has to be perfect and like everyone follows the same. It's just not realistic. Not at all. What has motherhood taught you? That there, you don't actually control your life. You can plan, like I'm a planner and these kids have taught me 
the ability to have grace both with myself and with them, but like they change so much, their needs change, the world changes. And though I want everything in my perfect little box, that's just not, that's just not reality. And so the faster that you can surrender to that, the faster you can let go of maybe like that anxiety again of like, trying to do this perfectly. We're never going to get it perfect. And I would say, I actually have a second one, like, or, or maybe this goes back to, I don't know, either the before question, but in my eyes, and some people disagree with me and that's okay. I don't believe in work-life balance. I actually believe in like work-life satisfaction, which means sometimes one of the areas of your life are going to take more time, right? Like it might be in the season of your life your family and your children are just like, you really have to step up and your work maybe is like put down or maybe it needs to be on yourself and your self-care or right. Like I just, I feel like there's three areas, maybe more for people, but like myself, my family, my job, and there's no way that that can be a perfect balance. And again, being okay with that relieves that anxiety that you have to be all things to everyone perfectly all the time. Love it. Love it. I know when I'm, when I go back and listen to this, that's going to be like a quote. <laughs> I'm going to like tag to the side. Cause no, I think that sums it up. That's life. That sums it up. Yeah. Like even, and again, to your point, if you don't have children, I was a very ambitious career woman. And, you know, even when I was pregnant though, and I was like, Oh, I'm going to come back from maternity leave and I can do it. And then like, I had my son and I was like, yeah, no, like what, what, did, what, what, what did I think? Like, no, because I am so type A and, and applying yeah. all these things. And, Oh, my postpartum recovery just threw me for a loop. But yeah, so to your point, it's like, you're not going to be. And I think more women need to understand that, especially yep. if you're a new mom going into the recovery. Yes. I think you yes. think, like it's going to stay the same. And again, I thought I was going to be this ambitious, like still career woman, top of my game. And I just wasn't. And I had to surrender to that. I just had yep. to say that something changed and I had to be okay with that. Um, So like you just summed it up. That's like so true. What advice or wisdom do you hope your children will always follow? I want them to show up as them. I feel like the world tries to tell you who you should be. The world tries to tell you the path, like this is the path. Like you don't want to get married. Don't get married. You want to have kids. You want, I don't care. Like I want them to honestly just show up like whomever they are, like unapologetically, like just own it, be it. And I will be right there to walk alongside you. But too many of us play small to make other people feel comfortable. We do everything that everyone else thinks we should be doing. And we oftentimes lose sight of what actually makes us who we are. And so again, I want to take what I have learned over my 38 years of my life and be like, don't do that. Like just, just you do you. And again, as long as you are a happy, kind hearted person, good. We're good. For sure. I, my husband and I were just having that conversation. I forgot what it was. And he said something and I'm like, I don't care what, as long as they're not affecting me and they're not hurting people in this world. Yeah. I mean, let people do and be who they are at all. I mean, it just is what it is. I feel like there's life is too short to really be focused on what other people are doing and and wondering that it's like, just 
that, that's it, man. Any final thoughts to the podcast world other than, you know, of course, mentioning how they can follow you and all of that, mm-hmm. but any final thoughts you want to put out there? I think just for all of us, our mamas, mamas to just have more grace with ourselves because I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and we make unrealistic expectations. We, I I often say to the women that I coach, like we're always looking up and out what everyone else is doing. And if we just put our head down and like, just focus on us, focus on our journey for focus on uh, our path, it'll just bring so much more joy into our lives instead of looking around and saying, well, I'm not that I'm not this I can't do that. Like everyone has their own journeys. And we're put on this world for a reason, right? We have something to give to the world. And if we're ignoring it to try to be like everyone else, then we're going to really lose sight to ourselves. Agree. I love it. And I'm sorry, did you say how they can find you said unapologetic? Oh, yeah. So on Instagram, and I think on Facebook, they're both unapologetically me blog. And then I do have the like tribe if anyone's interested in that. Yes. That's over on Facebook. That's a Facebook group. And then my coaching information on my blog is now on my uh, new website, which is just PamelaHawks.com. Perfect. And Hawks find. is H-A-W-K-E-S. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Well, Pamela, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your truth, for sharing your journey and for being unapologetically you. It's been a pleasure. And um, I'm sure we'll see each other on Instagram, continuing to root each other on. Yes. Thank you so much. It's been such a joy. Thank you for listening to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. Please share this episode, download it, rate, review, and subscribe to my show if you haven't already done so. And tune in next time to hear another fierce mama share her motherhood journey. Continue blessings to you all for love and light.